What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. I'm John Wilkerson, and let's jump right down to Radio Row, where Jimmy Himes is standing by with a very special guest. Absolutely. It is the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey. Greg, how are you? I'm well. Um, I'm going to just take a moment, because you don't see behind you is this incredible screen of logos and pictures of college football, so I'm completely distracted. We'll go on, and you can ask me what you want to ask me. There's a Tennessee fan in a hat that just showed up. Over your your <laughs> left shoulder, so this is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool facility to have this event. Well, it's the second year that it's been in Atlanta. Uh, your thoughts on having the media days here? Uh, nobody else for their media days has a goalpost, artificial turf, um, a, a big screen, and uh, kind of a press boxy feeling thing. And uh, I, I just think it's in the atmosphere. You cannot escape college football. Very different than a hotel ballroom. Uh, we, we had to do some engineering work to put Radio Row up here where you feel it in, in a much more proximal way, in a much more personal way. You can walk around, and uh, I was doing uh, radio interviews, and there's Texas Oklahoma pillar about their game, ironically. And, you know, Peyton over here, and Philip has a quote talking about Peyton's preparation. Um, and again, on the video wall behind you, I'm completely distracted. So there's now a New Hampshire and an Oregon logo. Um, <laughs> but you don't have that anyplace else. You don't have to create it. It's here, and you can be a part of college football every moment. This past year, we saw Tennessee have great success winning the All Sports Trophy overall. They win it in the men's side, they're second on the women's side. From your perspective, what was it like to see Tennessee have such success? Well, congratulations to everybody that, that's made a contribution uh, to that success. Um, you know, to, to stand with Rick in Tampa, um, knowing the way that team had played through the season. Um, I really thought they'd go further, but sometimes, you know, it just doesn't fall uh, the right way. And, and actually, the emotion afterwards is a reminder of what's special about college basketball that day in Indianapolis. Um, you know, some injuries caught, caught Kelly's team, but you saw that spark that I think we, we became accustomed to and maybe hadn't seen in the same way in women's basketball. You know, Tony's team, uh, I had coaches, and I told this to Tony, who, who talked to me and, and some ADs whose coaches, after they'd played early on, said that's the best college baseball team they'd seen in decades. Um, and, you know, baseball's a funny game, right? And, and you know, ball bounces here and there. Um, the, the progress, and I said this to Josh, I was at the Bowling Green game, and I was talking with Danny, uh, and I had watched Josh coach. So he'd obviously been uh, at, at Missouri for a little bit, but I'd seen only a very, very bare uh, minimum of, of UCF games. And that, that night against Bowling Green, the ball's being snapped with about 28, 30 seconds on, on the play clock. And Danny said, yeah, when it's going right, it's seven or eight seconds that have elapsed <laughs> on the play clock. And then mm. when, when they played in Tuscaloosa, there, there, there were a couple of times that ball was snapped with 33 seconds remaining on the play clock. Um, and just talking about the process of how you develop a team and seeing that, that progress. Um, so, it, and, you know, tennis, golf, uh, particularly tennis, close, right, nationally. Um, but a, a, a lot of positives out of the year uh, for the University of Tennessee program, both men's and women's. 
It's uh, it's always great to catch up with you, Commissioner, and certainly appreciate the time. And there was a Tennessee two-step. You would have thought that it would have happened before this year, but as you mentioned, Coach Barnes and Coach Vitello, Tennessee became the first team to win both the SEC men's basketball tournament and SEC baseball tournament in the same year. And the, there's just something special when it's winning that conference crown over that busy weekend, isn't it? It is. And, and, you know, when people ask me, like, what what does it mean to say it just means more? When I first saw the photos, I think it was from the, the, the Tennessee Athletics Department uh, Twitter account that it was the first time uh, a program had won both men's basketball and baseball. That captures it because, look, we did this first. And people are identifying ways to, to, to stand out. And those victories, those trophies are earned. And and even with um, a really successful season, when you look back at all that goes into it, um, I, I think we sometimes miss uh, the intensity of competition. Um, there's there's a great great quote from Sir Alex Ferguson, a coach Manchester United football team in England or soccer team, and he said, uh, "The reality of anything that's fiercely competitive is often nothing is decided until the bitter end." And so to come out on top with championships and to do it in in, in those sports uh, is a pretty remarkable testament to the support that's that's present at the University of Tennessee. So in the terms of what your calendar year is, one to the next, and I would imagine it's kind of like the academic calendar year where it kind of starts in the fall and goes through the succeeding spring, succeeding spring, do you get a chance to just catch your breath or does it seem like just as soon as you recognize and celebrate the those who, who Ole Miss winning the College World Series, those that compete in the track and field championships, does it seem like you just blink and it's time for football like right now? Oh, very much so. And this year in particular. So uh, Ole Miss wrapped up the College World Series on a Sunday. I had to go to, to NACTA, you know, the National AD meetings. And then I flew to upstate New York where I thought Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday being July 4th, I'd have those five or six days where I could just read a book and relax and, and think but not try to work. And then the news broke about Big Ten expansion, and I spent you know the next six days trying to figure out fact from fiction and answer phone calls and make phone calls. So uh, I've accepted the fact that, that right now at this point in my life, none of it's my time. It's, uh, <laughs> it's our time, and uh, I try to find a little bit in there, but it, it stays busy. And that's part of the, the responsibility, but part of the reward, too. I guess Commissioner Greg Sankey. Uh, Greg, I've read a 31-page report from the NCAA Board of Governors regarding name, image, and likeness. Uh, what's your, I know you've seen it. What, yeah. What's your response to the report that was submitted in April of 2020? So we need to tell the listeners, you confronted me with that report like two days ago. Have you seen this? And so I have a very uh, intent, in, intent, with intent, intently highlighted uh, version of that. But I haven't read it in probably a year and a half or two years. Um, when California first was thinking about uh, a state bill, state legislation, uh, uh, onboarding name, image, and likeness activity. Uh, the NCA engaged in some national level of activities, and then in like April, May of 2019, formed what's called what, what was called the Federal State Legislative Working Group, and that was the predicate to that report being submitted to the board and adopted by the Board of Governors or Directors. Yeah, Board of Governors. So that's all three divisions. Um, we, we had concerns with that report. We, we think it failed to recognize in real time uh, what was happening in the real world around us. One was the Alston case. Mm -hmm. And uh, knowing that we were pursuing 
an outcome of an appeal there that went to the Supreme Court. We, we unified the Supreme Court in a decision that uh, certainly clarified some, some legal positions. Uh, that needed to be taken into account. It, it's also impractical at best for the NCAA to pass rules that place state universities in conflict with the laws of their state. Yeah. Um, and, and that was embedded in elements of the approach, given the way other state laws beyond California uh, developed. And, and so it, it really needed to be rethought at the moment it was produced. Um, we don't want a patchwork of state laws. Um, I think that's a fundamental that's in there. I do think there are some general guardrails that if we had the ability to apply those from a legal perspective and a legislative perspective. So it's not just worried about uh, lawyers and litigation. It's what state laws are defining as uh, the, the kind of activity that's appropriate within their state. Um, that's a fairly healthy document. Not perfect. Uh, I thought the, the state of Florida law, which was the second law, uh, would have loved a later effective date. It came into effect last year. That was a pretty good state law. It didn't accomplish everything at the national level that's needed. Uh, so there are examples of, of, of healthy structures, but we're probably not there right now because we have a patchwork of state laws and a lot of states that effectively have little or no uh, state law governing name, image, and likeness activity. You would like to see a national standard. Other commissioners would like to see it. Coaches would like to see it. Greg, what's the best avenue to get a national standard for well, NIL? Yeah, and I'll add our student-athletes. We just had yeah. a student-athlete leadership council meeting, which are scholarship, recruited, participating student-athletes, and they said, we'd like uniformity here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'd like that uniformity so that we know that there's fair competition in their view, not that there aren't points of differentiation, but also so we can understand what the rules are, and re- recruited student-athletes can understand what the mm-hmm. rules are without having to figure out 10 different state laws or 15 different university policies. To have a national standard at this point in this environment um, will, uh, you know, one, in fact, the, the main focus is federal legislation. So um, it was public. I had a visit with Senator Blackburn back in early, early May and appreciate the conversations with the senator and, and others of the senator's colleagues, both Democrat and Republican, because we need a bipartisan solution. We need both houses involved. It's a tough time to to have bipartisan solutions. But to have a national standard and a common platform, um, congressional action would be a priority. If that's not attainable, uh, when we strategized at our Destin meetings, one of the points of output was, can we pursue common state legislation? So focus on the federal, uh, but I think there'll be more and more thought about, can our 11, soon to be 12 states, have a common approach that will allow our competition to have a consistent standard. Short of a, a national standard, could a, do you think a conference could set its own standards? We've got the same problem as a conference that, that's embedded in the 31-page report, but I'm not going to make you read my 31-page yeah. <laughs> report. I'll just I'll, I'll do it quickly to say if we normalize – we had this conversation. And what we wouldn't be able to do is restrict beyond where the state laws are. So the, the first question would be, what do our state laws permit? You could create conference legislation off of that. But right now, there's not much in some of our states. So you would go back to say the principles that we want, which our football coaches unanimously and unequivocally said, get this activity out of recruiting and keep our boosters away from recruiting. Let us be the center of recruiting. We want to see actual name, image, and likeness activity, not not simply payments. So if you could craft and, and, and we could draft that and, and be in conversation and have advocates uh, and a willingness to advance that through each state house onto a governor's mm-hmm. desk, 
uh, we could achieve that. But that's actually not an easy thing to achieve. There are no easy buttons right now for us to hit. Um, and so we're going to be dealing with discomfort, uh, but we want to work towards a more healthy environment where there can be this economic activity, but also some kind of standards around that activity. Tennessee's had an NCAA investigation going on since January of, of 2021, and the investigation was completed internally in November. No decision yet. It's frustrating Tennessee a little bit. From a commissioner's standpoint, is it frustrating that we don't have a, an answer to that? I, I don't speak to specific cases. I, I will speak to the essence of the question, which is I, I am frustrated that whether it's in my league or in other leagues, we don't have a more timely outcome to look back to the FBI arrest in 2017, for example. Uh, we don't have all of those things resolved. Um, and the, the time to completion of these processes is far too long, and, and that has to change. And, in fact, in the Transformation Committee, which I co-chair with the Ohio uh, University Athletics Director, Julie Cromer, we have talked specifically about making adjustments to this process so there are much more timely outcomes. That, that is, a, that is a, a, a priority. That is an important need of this entire system. It looks like, obviously, the transfer portal is certainly a big part of the college athletics landscape. I'm just wondering, as it continues to perhaps face an adjustment or two as to deadlines, things like that, how would you best like to see the portal operate, especially when you look at how many athletes change schools within the same conference? You know, part of our challenges were in, in a learning process, mm-hmm. this, um, this freedom, if you will. So forgetting portal but less restrictions and consistency among all sports is relatively new. It's an environment with name, image, and likeness with COVID eligibility extensions. Um, and we have to be very attentive to academic outcomes. So there was an announcement yesterday that the council has talked about declaration uh, uh, time frame, so declaration windows for transfer. Uh, that's a step in the right direction. I think we still need to monitor outcomes. Making the receiving institution accountable for that young person to graduation, I think hardening that can help us. It's a little soft right now. Um, We've walked away from the one-time transfer exception, a little bit tough to defend, uh, 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 with instead the expectation that if you receive a a transfer, you're going to see them through uh, to graduation um, as, as a priority. I think what we're going to see uh, considered in early August is better than our current environment, but I don't think anybody would say that it's it's optimal because we are in this learning environment, and I think we need to acknowledge we're going to have to continue to adapt this transfer oversight. One more quick question. Since we last spoke, have you crossed paths at all with Mark Del Piano from Auburn, New York, who played Tennessee baseball? <laughs> he did. In fact, I remember uh, Mark's name. I've not. Uh, I was in Auburn, New York last week. Um, in fact, one of the great losses in Auburn, New York, is they used to have a single-A New York Penn League team that was always a summer stop for me. And with minor league contraction, we lost what are called now we're called the Auburn Double Double Days. It's a collegiate league, but I do remember when Mark uh, was a member of Tennessee's uh, team. I was in, I think, college at that point. He's a little younger than I. Commissioner, I appreciate it. The only man that can spell Natchitoches faster than I can. Joining <laughs> us, thank you, Greg Sankey. And uh, congratulations on a terrific job and almost the completion of SEC Football Media Day. Thanks for being here. We appreciate the interest, the questions, and the conversation. Hope you have a great day. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Commissioner Greg Sankey. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby of the whole school. It yeah, just I hurt see. me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.